Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. What a gift it is to gather with you this morning to share in this time of worship on this first Sunday of Advent. Thank you for sharing worship at First Church. Your presence blesses us. We pray this is a blessing to us all. And again, just a reminder of the registration pads that we find to our right or left because it's helpful to know that you have been gracious enough to share in worship with us this morning. Again, thank you for sharing on this first Sunday of Advent. And you see, this is a very special service and very set of, very special set of rituals before us at First Church. This is Hanging of the Green Sunday. So you will see throughout this service, there will be the remembrance of various items that decorate this sanctuary, the meaning behind those items. And it is a prayer that going through this holy ritual blesses us on our Advent journey. And I pray that you are very attentive as well to the Advent calendar that you find in your bulletins. Folks, we are more blessed than we know as First Church to be able to offer these gifts of worship throughout this season. So I hope you will be attentive to these blessings, that you will share and invite neighbors and friends and family to share in these services of worship. I look forward to the midweek service, which we will host here at noon on Tuesday. Tim Gerhardt, a good friend from Wesley Memorial and Chatham Heights, United Methodist Churches, will lead us in worship. You see the special music is before us, not only during the Sundays in Advent, but each Tuesday as well. And special music will be a part of our worship on Tuesday. So again, please be attentive to these services as they are before us. A reminder as well, the Advent study that we host in the Uptown Ministry Center tomorrow at 5.30. You're invited to be a part of that and to attend to the other ministries as they are before us. We still have some items on the angel trees that we find in the breezeway here and also by the chapel downstairs. This being the first Sunday of Advent, it's also the first Sunday of a new church year. This year we'll be spending a great deal of time in the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew speaks to us this morning about the second coming of Jesus, and we see how that enlightens our understanding of the first coming. Again, we are grateful to have children of First Church lead us in worship, grateful for the presence of Evan Ritchie. Evan, welcome. Thank you for being with us. And I will invite us at this time to prepare to worship God together.
call to worship. As quietly as the winter stills upon us, the season of hope approaches. We wait for our Redeemer, for God's promise to be fulfilled. The day is coming quickly. The God of mercy draws near. Therefore, we wait with hope, attentive to all the signs of his coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Bates, thank you. Please join me in an opening prayer. Good Lord, by your mercy, guide our outward actions in such ways 
that are in word being and forth in faith, hope, and love. May the decorations we offer engage our senses during the days of Advent and enliven in the name of Child of Bethlehem, our risen Savior and kindness nearest. Amen. Why do we do this? What does it mean? During Advent season, we prepare for the one who has come, whom we expect to come and who will come again. We prepare our hearts and make room for the Messiah. In the hanging of greens, we will share with the Christians throughout the ages of memory and anticipation of Christ's coming. We decorate our church with these symbols of love, joy, hope, and peace. Why do we do this? To tell the story again and then proclaim Jesus is born. God is with us. Advent makes, innkeeper, Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us, asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ the King. Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our home.
This simple circle of evergreen branches testifies of the con continuation of life and life without end. The four candles represent the four Sundays in Advent and encircle the Christ candle to signify God's Son as the light of the world. Each Sunday we will light a candle and on Christmas Eve the Christ candle will be lit. With increasing brightness from the candles we experience the light of the world and find hope in the coming of Jesus. was written in former days was written for our instruction that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope oh lord you are our hope our hearts long for the hope that your arrival will bring oh lord you are our hope god's promises are true we await the birth of christ the promised child the savior of the world Hope is coming soon. invite Lila Corcoran to read the gospel lesson. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. 
One is taken and one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Watch therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the householder had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have watched and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Lila. Well, throughout my ministry, I've known a couple of different schools of thought in regard to the ministry of visitation. Now, one such approach to visitation is an approach saying that it's okay for the pastor to drop by and to visit unannounced. Just knock on the door and tell the one you're visiting, good afternoon, just thought I'd drop by to say hello. There is a rationale for this approach to visitation, and this rationale is one in which the visitor is saying, well, I don't want anyone to go to any fuss just because I'm stopping by. I don't want anyone to go to a lot of trouble just to entertain me. I'd rather drop by unannounced. Now, agree with this or not, and I'm guessing most of us don't agree, there is this approach to the ministry of visitation. Now, the other school of thought regarding the ministry of visitation tends to be shaped something like this. I prefer to call those whom I would like to visit in advance, perhaps a couple of days in advance. True, the one I would like to visit may go to some trouble getting his or her place just so. But calling in advance to schedule a visit also does this. It says to the one to be visited, you're important to me. If it's important enough for me to schedule a doctor's visit, dentist visit, car repair, teacher's conference, why should I not schedule pastoral visits? Calling ahead of time to schedule a visit also does this. It gives the one being visited the opportunity to prepare some stories, perhaps to set out some family pictures or mementos. There is also this, the one being visited because he or she has been contacted ahead of time is now given opportunity to say to his or her neighbor, to say to the family member, my pastor's coming to visit me this week. We see there's quite a difference between these two approaches to visitation. And we notice that each, each which of these approaches God chooses for us in this season of Advent. For God in this season honors you and me. God cares enough about us to say, I'm coming to visit you. I am coming to dwell with you. I'm coming into your neighborhood. I'm coming into your homes. I want you to be ready to receive me. I want you to prepare. I want you to watch to wait, to be ready. You see, our lives are so different if we are not given the gift of this season of Advent. There's quite a difference if we are not given this word. If you and I are not given the season in which to watch and to wait and to make ready. There's all the difference for us between God showing up unannounced and God showing up saying to us, I told you I would be here. I hope you are ready to receive me. Remember, God has made it clear from the very beginning. It's his desire to bless all he has made. And for that purpose, God will do all in his power to accomplish this, even to shake us up with this unsettling, disturbing word from the Gospel of Matthew. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken, one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. Watch, therefore, 
for you don't know on what day your Lord is coming. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Again, God is going to spare no expense in carrying out his promise to bless all he has made. He will declare even these words that may shock and may unsettle. And these words from Matthew, these words read to us by Lila, they, they might unsettle us. I mean, here we are, just days removed from the festive and exhausting day of Thanksgiving. And I've spoken with some of you, and some of you have already put up your trees and gotten the house decorated. I've seen plenty of beautifully decorated trees set up in living rooms all over social media. Christmas music is found everywhere on the radio dial. Christmas decorations await us at every turn. I still remember the Sunday morning, it was just a few weeks ago, when during the 845 service in the chapel, I saw through the windows there Martinsville City trucks placing Christmas wreaths on the city utility poles. So with the lovely vocal stylings of Perry Como and Bing Crosby, Johnny Mathis, all around us, with the colors of red and green greeting us at every turn, with characters such as Rudolph and Frosty and the Grinch very prominent even before we step into the month of December, with talk of Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, how in the name of all that is holy do we hear this word of Matthew? The word proclaimed this morning, speaking of crisis and a judgment, warning, watching, waiting, preparing. Now, it may be true, we know that on this first Sunday of Advent, it is customary to read gospel lessons speaking to us of the second coming of Jesus. That's right. Just when we are preparing for the first coming of Jesus, we are asked by the calendar of the church year to proclaim scripture speaking of the second coming of Jesus. And it kind of seems out of balance, doesn't it? Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Seems to be a message quite confusing at this time, in this setting, the second coming of Jesus with its words of crisis and judgment and warning, watching, waiting, alongside this message of the first coming of Jesus, Christ the Savior is born, little Lord Jesus, no crying, he makes silent night, holy night. Seems kind of incongruous. But the truth is, this makes the most perfect of sense. Because, brothers and sisters, the disruption that you and I associate with the second coming of Jesus the crisis that we associate with the second coming of Jesus is rightly understood to be crisis, judgment, disruption that accompanies the first coming of Jesus. Because how can we rightly understand the birth of Jesus if we say the birth of the Son of God is of little consequence to us? How can we rightly understand the birth of Jesus if we say the birth of Jesus doesn't really affect our lives? How can we understand the coming of Jesus if we say his coming does not shape our love of God or the love we have for our neighbor? Again, God declares his purpose to bless all he has made and God declares his kingdom of peace and justice and righteousness for all people, and God declares his purpose to heal and to save all he has made, and God declares that it is his intent not to lose even one he has made, and the one who makes real these purposes of God is the one who comes to dwell with us in this season. He dwells in our midst, Emmanuel, God with us, the word become flesh, to dwell among us. Can such news as that leave us unchanged? Is there any way news such as this cannot 
shake us up a little bit? How is it that news such as this that we proclaim from Scripture is not going to conflict with all the sights and sounds and trappings of the season? There's conflict there. In fact, it might be that those of us who follow this Emmanuel God with us should also be in some conflict crisis with this culture in which we live. In other words, we are not those proclaiming that salvation is to be found in Christmas sales. We are not those proclaiming the word of God is proclaimed in the news of what we can obtain and pile beneath the tree. We are not those proclaiming the ways of God are seen in the ways by which you and I try to rush and shape this season, which tells us instead to wait and watch and prepare for God. We are not those saying the significance of this season is found in our efforts. We are not those to say it's all about us as if it is our birthday for which we prepare. So God gives us the gift of this season. God gives us himself the bread, the cup. God gives us this word. It's an unsettling word, yes. But in all times, by every word, God works so as to save. God works so as to heal. God works so as to bless and nothing less. So we watch. We wait. We prepare. So that as God comes to dwell with us, and he does, we are those fully prepared to receive him to make room for him so that he may fully dwell within this and every neighborhood. Amen. seated. We prepare now to worship God as our ushers will come forward and we receive God's tithes.
at our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of this season, for the ways in which you bless us to see you at work as we wait and watch and prepare. We thank you for these gifts that you have entrusted to us and for the opportunity to worship you by returning a portion of these gifts to you with the prayer that you be glorified and that your people be blessed. Amen.
Please be seated. As we hear of the greatest gift, the greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of God in Christ Jesus. All that we do at this holy season points to that expression of holy love. Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, God's gift at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children and to those who, by faith in Christ, become part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine that the gift goes on. The table is set by the most gracious of hosts, and you and I are invited to find our place at his table. As we share in the great thanksgiving, you will see responses posted before us for the great thanksgiving. You may also follow along, starting at page 9 in the front of your hymnals. There will be three responses that we will be invited to offer and to sing as we come to those responses. The prayer of great thanksgiving as I offer it will differ slightly from what you may find in your hymnals because it is appropriate to this first Sunday of Lent, but again, your responses will remain the same. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and adjoin their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own Son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted a death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and to death, and made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. with the confidence that we have as children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. We all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the Lord's table. He knows you by name and desires for you to come and dine with him, to come to the table. You'll be instructed by our ushers to come down the center aisle. There will be two stations here. From each, from the station you choose, you'll receive a portion of bread, which you're then invited to dip into the cup that will be held before you. Having received the body and blood of Christ, you may kneel at the communion rail for a time of prayer, if you feel led, before returning down the center aisles, excuse me, the side aisles. Tammy and Kendall and Lily Kate will assist with the communion this morning. Please come to the table. Our choir will come first. At the bottom of page 11 is our closing prayer for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. People say that a name is everything. Products are named to make everyone want to try them. Books are named to entice people to read them. A name with a good reputation communicates trustworthiness and quality. So what is God's child to be named? He could have been Moses or David or an Isaiah. But the name chosen was Emmanuel, God with us. It is a name that comforts in times of need and stress strengthens in time of challenge and decision, and encourages in moments of weakness and doubt. God with us, forever, continually. What a great name for God's Son. We stand. Mm -hmm. 
thankful for the leadership in this service and for Evan Ritchie being with us. We look forward for you to be with us again. And we go now as those who have been given this season in which to prepare, to watch, and wait, because we have that promise God is coming to us. And we wish more than anything in this season to be ready to receive God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>